We are at a disadvantage, a distinct disadvantage. I, I think this is just. I'm gonna say chaos. no. Okay. If you have a higher uh, reservoir of knowledge, you've already got me beat. I know most nothing about what Nate brings up. I just try to say <laughs> I things. I because I know Nate, and this is going to be really fucking hard. <laughs> there's going to be current events stuff, too. And in fairness, like, John doesn't try to win. Don't think John about, said this to me two weeks don't ago. Think about, don't think about winning. It's not... That's yeah. why... Well, it makes it a pseudo-game show. Yeah. It's just a chance to get together. But if you do happen to know about the thing, and you t- and you say something, you're going to get more points than anybody who bullshits. And you're going to feel real shiny inside, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. that. Hello and welcome to A Vague Idea. This is a pseudo-game show podcast hosted by me, Nate Bergolia. Each week I subject my guests to a list of topics to find out if they have a vague idea about them, or if they all too often just need to pass. Uh, with me, as always, is uh, my usual guest, John Paros. John, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you, Nate? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I like your shirt today. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank it's, you. The, it's the shirt I wear when I want to remember that everything will be horrible, but also not horrible. Yeah, it's all, uh, you know, in a relative timeline. Yeah, it's uh, uh, long arc optimism. There you go. Yeah, yeah, all right. And uh, we don't have Shannon with us this week. Sorry, Shan fans. She is, what, what is Shannon doing, John? Do you know? Uh, I don't, no, I don't know. Okay. I don't even have a vague idea. Well, if you know, tweet at Nate Regolia and let us know where <laughs> Shannon is. Uh, Shannon, you can do that too if you want. You might listen to this. I don't think you do, though, because you don't like the sound of your voice. Uh, Does she have a following at this point that they call themselves the Shan fans? I'm I'm bestowing that name on them. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I, hey, the look, very first Shan fan. Every story has a beginning, <laughs> yeah. and they're almost always the beginning you made up yourself. Uh, so the voice you just heard was Eric Palencia. He is back. This is his second appearance on the show. Eric, thank welcome. You. How thank are you? you? Thank you. I'm good. Very great. good. Great. Yeah. Uh, for the viewers, uh, the non-viewers at home, uh, uh-huh. Nate's shirt is an asteroid uh, about to hit the dinosaur world. Yep. And it says, things will be okay. Yeah. Things were. Not life for dinosaurs, but things generally totally fine. <laughs> you know, because of that, it worked out pretty well for us. I mean, we yeah. wouldn't be podcasting. I mean, we'd probably be huddled in this basement not being eaten. And that or shirt being almost be. eaten. Yeah. 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 The mass production of shirts, too. Yeah. That's a crazy speculation. Well, I think it's accurate. <laughs> you think there would be uh, shirt printing companies if that asteroid didn't hit the planet? Thank you. The whole evolutionary spectrum would be completely different, and someone else maybe could have invented shirt printing would they be, things, but it wouldn't be human shirts. I was going to say, would they be wearing shirts at all? Today's Darwin Day. That's what? Just speaking of... Oh, Darwin Day. Oh, Great. Darwin day. So, it's Darwin Day. We just basically wrote Butterfly Effect 2. <laughs> girls and women and science day. Great. I posted a really nice article about uh, how uh, women have been doing science forever but never recognized because they don't get their names attached but to papers. But now we have a UN day. <laughs> but yeah. now there's a UN day. Uh-huh. Things are going to change. <laughs> so the first incredulous female voice that you heard <laughs> is Maha Kamal. Maha is a, uh, she's a family law practitioner an artist, a photographer, and a writer. Maha, welcome to the show. Thanks, Nate. All right. How are you? I'm, I'm hanging in there. You know, family law keeps me busy. Yeah, I would imagine. Sometimes I do want a meteor to hit, not here at this office, but sometimes I do. Okay. It's kind of crazy. Just give everybody a heads up. I can't because I, it's attorney-client privilege, Nate. But if I'm wishing the for a meteor, yeah, if I'm wishing for a meteor, something is going on that is required. So, wait, wait, wait. Sorry, wait. Apparently, searches 
um, lawyers' computers, despite um, the Fourth attorney-client yeah. privilege. Yes, they. Not unless you have connections at the ACLU, then you're fine. But you may be detained for five to ten hours. <laughs> okay. Okay. So detained for five to ten hours, or hit with an asteroid. It's really kind of a toss-up. No, that's just that's the family law aspect of it. Oh, if you're okay. detained at the border, chief. That's... No, not at the border. At an airport. Just any airport. Yeah, any airport. Yeah. Attorney-client privilege doesn't matter. Yeah, well, ever yeah. <laughs> doesn't seem like it. I mean, it does. I actually look. should not be saying that. I think it's the 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 mark of all like it should be your your beacon of of lawyering. I would, I shouldn't say that. I I honor attorney client privilege. <laughs> and and absolutely you do. This this is a pseudo game show comedy podcast. I'm so anything that Maha <laughs> says, anything that Maha says for the rest of the show that disagrees perhaps with anything in the bar association regulations, etc., it's a joke. That's what this is. This is a comedy. Routine. Yeah, wait till we're having fun. Oh God, I'm not gonna say anything else. Okay, well, so <laughs> we're just down to three guests. <laughs> I'm pleading the fifth before we even start. <laughs> um, and and the the other female voice here is Jenny Cookson. Jenny Cookson is uh, a friend of mine. We go way back to uh, writing days at CU Boulder. Uh, She's a a poet and a writer and a mother. And tell us more things that you do, because I feel like I should know Um, more. I'm a lecturer at CU. That's right. I started an experimental criticism press. So basically all writey stuff. Yeah. The good kind of gritty writey stuff. Writey stuff. And teaching undergrads, which is the opposite of writey stuff. It's more like greedy, terrible writey stuff. It's like (laughs) inverse William Burroughs peyote. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Sometimes. (laughs) Do you have office hours? No. No. Give me summer. drugs. Keep it up, kids. <laughs> Keep drafting. You two were once an undergrad student. Oh no, it's true. When I when, when the the not that kind. Yeah. It's true. We were not that. How do we know? Did you did you go to school with her? No, actually, not at that no, age. No, no, no. I could we see we overlapped a little later. Little. <laughs> I I took I took Steve Katz's uh, writing class. Mm-hmm. I think it was the last one he taught. He was a he's beat writer. Um, hmm. A little lesser known, but he was teaching CU Boulder when I was in my junior year. And, uh, yeah, he was great. Uh, he was the most frank teacher that I had ever had because I submitted a story that was not my best work, certainly, uh, but it had a love scene in it. And during the class, he, was, he read it to the entire group and was like, so you think this is, this is what fucking is? This is a joke, right? Now, in my defense, I was probably still a virgin when I wrote it. Late bloomer. Hashtag late bloomer. But do you have a copy of it? Uh, yeah, probably. I think it's on on some old flash driver or hard drive. Tweet it. Yeah, <laughs> everybody look at it. It is a performance piece. Right. <laughs> okay, so you two are gonna be in tongue costumes, right? And then I want you to dance the way that I wrote in the piece, but like fancifully. And then one of you is gonna get in one of those little Shriner cars and drive around the arena in a circle. Uh, yeah, but he called me out, and then uh, and then I had. Uh, Several uh, after sessions talking to him about like what like the point of things right because I was I was very uh, florid in my writing style when I was younger as I think we all have a tendency to to be we're like oh I have a thesaurus or I have shift F five therefore I must use it and that's not always the case yeah it's I mean it's good but you have to be very like judicious about your your use of it because otherwise uh, yeah you know 
Too many, too many words, right? Hey, this has been Writer's Corner. If you, uh, if you tuned in expecting to listen to a vague idea, well, it's about to happen. Uh, so, guys, let's do Rochambeau to see who goes first okay. so we can get into the game. So we're going to go one, two, three, shoot. Okay, ready? One, two, three, shoot. Wow. Everybody got scissors, so we're going again. All right. Go again. One, two, three, shoot. All right. Maha's got rock, so Maha wins. Great. Against three scissors. What did I win? They smashed all of our scissors. Oh, I get to go first. Yeah, you can go first. Okay. So, Maha, you get to pick one through 12. Is this a deposition? Uh, no, you're free to leave whenever you want. Although, <laughs> the lamp is so close to your face because of lighting issues and, and warmth. It's okay. This is voice only. Is it too warm? Oh, yeah. Voice only, Nate. Oh, no, it is. You should just turn it off. We should do this in the dark. <laughs> so, okay. one through twelve. Okay. I just pick one. Seven. Seven. Okay. All right. Maha, do you have a vague idea about the origin of the term barn burger? Yeah. Okay, great. Jenny, barn burner. Do you have a big idea? Yes. All right. John, barn burner. Uh, no, I don't have any idea. Okay. Eric, barn burner. Playing this first one safe? No. All right. No Two passes. Maha, start us out. What do you What do you know about the term barn burner? Well, okay. Semantically speaking, you've got two words smashed together, right? So there's barn and there's burner. So that means that this must be some sort of like farmer that's got some sort of barn and he goes in there and he burns things that's not that doesn't you know constitute arson okay it might be a pastime (laughs) i'm thinking maybe in the midwest might be a big barn burning yeah like i like that you went immediately to like criminal law it's not arson (laughs) you're burning stuff in your own barn that's what family lawyers do like everything no No, and then i could i could see this happening and like I don't know, Iowa maybe? Okay. Not Des Moines. Okay. It can't be Des Moines. It's going to be outside of that. Okay, like not Des Moines. I like, yeah. I like that distinction. Uh, that, that's, not, that's not correct. But I might, I might some, I some points. Idea. I had a vague idea, Nate. Well, you did. Yeah. Yeah. Jenny, uh-huh. barn burner. What do you think? Well, um, my memory of it stems from the movie The Long Hot Summer. Okay. And in the long, hot summer, there is an arsonist, right? And my understanding of the term then as a result is that barn burners were people who sort of acted on the fringe of society and would roam around and terrorize the God-fearing farmers and farmers' wives by perhaps burning their barn down and thus all of their, you know, their hay or their feed or their animals. And that it was sometimes a form of political protest and it was sometimes just a way to be an asshole in the community. I'd like that too. It's not, that's also not correct, but... (laughs) That's you were great. so convincing. I was like, shit, she watched the movie? And she knew what the movie was about, because I looked it up very quickly. I was like, oh, yeah, it's Mississippi. It's about a pyromaniac. Yeah, this is totally a trap. So very, that was very solid. I thought um, he burned it for insurance or something, you know? The, uh, Isn't it also a party? Well, yeah, like, a, yeah. now the parlance is that it's an exciting event, or like yeah. an exciting, like a really, a really tense sports match of some kind would be called a barn burner. Uh, but what in Iowa? 
No, everywhere. I bet it's not. <laughs> you came up with not Iowa. everywhere. Has bar. I am pushing the Iowa agenda. <laughs> so, the Barn Burners were one of two competing factions in the New York State Democratic Party in the middle of the 19th century. The name was an allusion to the story of an old Dutchman who relied on who relieved himself of rats by burning his barns in which they were infested. See, he owned the barn, uh, and he burned it, so I was vaguely correct. <laughs> you, I, hey, I did not assign you points yet. You don't have to fight yet. Uh, I'm just making my case. <laughs> I'm closing statements. So, John Russell Bartlett, in his 1848 Dictionary of Americanisms, provided a lengthy quote from the New York Tribu- Tribune, which explained that the name was... The, the Dutchman burning the barn thing. In this case, barn burners were so determined to get rid of systemic abuses that they were willing to destroy the system itself. Does that sound familiar to anybody? <laughs> I don't know. Drain the swamp. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Chant louder and then push a BBC camera person. <laughs> Good okay. idea. Yes, it was. Okay. So, Ma, I'm going to give you half a point. What? Yeah. I don't actually. I don't know the point system. And Jenny, I'm gonna give yeah. you half a point as well. Yeah, we're kind of to combine because I intended to deceive. I think is why I only got a half. Ah, point. you know, honestly, there's not there's not a whole lot of real rules to this. Uh, so let's uh, half a point. We'll, we'll rotate. Jenny, you pick next. One through Women one through eleven. Collectively, one men zero. Yeah, men didn't they participate. We bowed out. Okay. <laughs> Right. It's very low here. <laughs> it's early. Things can get out of hand real quick. Don't worry. <laughs> so, Jenny, you can pick one through eleven. 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 Great. Well, Jenny, do you have a vague idea about the teapot dome scandal? Yes. Yeah? Yes. Okay. John, vague idea about the teapot dome scandal? Nope. Zero. No? Eric, teapot dome scandal? I don't even want to make something up. I have no idea. Oh, jeez. All right. The men are in solidarity and not trying. <laughs> Maha, teapot dome scandal? No. Okay. I do. I could... Okay, can you just define vague for me? <laughs> yeah. Well, you got half a point for making something up. So if you actually have anything to say about it, if you know that it has something to do with something in the correct sector or time period or whatever, you're going to get points for it. Because I'm still going to say what it is. I have an idea. Great. I just don't yeah. know if it's right or not. No, that's, that's, that's how this works. Okay, Jenny, start us off. What do, you, what do you have to say about the teapot dome scandal? So, in the 19th century, there was a president whose name I do not remember, but he had a secretary of the interior that was apparently taking bribes. Um, for what reason, I don't no, and I don't know what they were trying to bribe him to do exactly, but it was a huge deal, and the Secretary of the Interior had to resign, and then it implicated the president, whose name I cannot remember. That is mostly correct. Well done. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, all of those things are accurate. Maha, t- tell us what you think of the Teapot Dome scandal. If that's right, then I'd bray off. <laughs> um... I was, okay, what I was thinking is that this was actually an architectural scandal that happened in Barcelona because Gaudi used to hang out there and made a whole bunch of structures, and I think that I actually visited the structure, which kind of looked like he screwed up the rooftop, or somebody replaced one of the teapot-looking domes up there, and it wasn't his actual work, and so they had this huge thing go down. I don't know which ministry it was in Spain. 
but uh, it caused a lot of problems and actually deterred um, concerns from the unfinished Sagrada Familia for several months. Huh? Well, I, I like don't know what at. dome it is that. It was like the palace. Have you been to this palace that mm-hmm. he that he um, designed? It's actually kind of crazy. Like everything's just kind of smooth architecture inside, like with marble and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, but you can climb up to the very top, which is just all these little spiral domes that kind of look like teapots, I guess, oh. to an extent. Yeah, that's what okay. came to mind. So maybe I thought that might one of those uh, might have been a counterfeit. That's no. that isn't right, but I, I really like where your head's at. I like I, I would like to talk about hairless architecture uh, sometime. It's very smooth. Yeah, so smooth. It's so smooth. Very colorful. Aquadynamic. You could really just drop an I don't ocean know about on it. That. I think you could pour water through it. It's porous. Yeah, I, yeah, some parts of it. Okay, I like that. Hey, if it's you know whatever, I can't remember how that teapot song goes I just right now. Put Gaudi on the record. <laughs> Well, great. Uh, so the Teapot Dome scandal, scandal was a bribery scandal involving the administration of U.S. President Warren G. Harding oh. from 1921 to 1923. The second worst Secretary of the, the Interior, Albert Bacon Fall. How did you know this? I don't know. <laughs> uh, Albert Bacon Fall had leased Navy petroleum reserves at Teapot Dome in Wyoming and two locations in California to private oil companies at low rates without competitive bidding. The leases were the subject of a sensational investigation by Senator Thomas J. Walsh. Convicted of accepting bribes from the oil company's fall, became the first presidential cabinet member to go to prison. No one was convicted of paying the bribes. I like Gowdy. Before Watergate, Teapot <laughs> Dome was regarded as the greatest and most sensational scandal in the history of American politics. We'll get ready to get updated, Wikipedia like, page. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll be. It'll be very inconspicuous at the bottom. <laughs> So, great job. Jenny, I'm going to give you two points. Maha, I'm going to give you a point. Wow. And so, the score right now, Jenny has two and a half. Maha has one and a half. Eric and John are iced out at the moment. But I'm going to let Eric pick. One through ten. Give me three, Bob. All right, three it is. (laughs) Well, Eric, do you have a vague idea about the suicide of our bud Dwyer? Where are you getting these from, Nate? History, man. Or Wikipedia. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> he went down the rabbit hole at midnight where he couldn't sleep. That's where we got all these. I have a vague idea. You do? Great. All right, Maha. The suicide of Arbud Dwyer. Do you have a vague idea about no, that? Actually, I have no idea. Okay. I'm not even going to try. Jenny? No, I actually have no idea who Arbud Dwyer is. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. So I can't have an idea about his suicide if I don't even know who he, she. Yeah. Could be a she. It could be. You never know. I mean, I know. Is it R dot bud? Yeah, R R R the initial. R buckle. Right. Or or like our bud Dwyer. Right. Our bud comma Dwyer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I mean, I still don't know, but. Okay. John, suicide of our bud Dwyer. No, even the punctuation doesn't. I think you should leave me out of this one. <laughs> well, Eric's the only one in. So, Eric, what do you got? Okay, so Arba Dwyer was a real detective that they based the Sherlock Holmes novels off of. And he got one case too hot, got a little too close to some information he shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the day after that, he was declared dead by suicide. But we all know that probably wasn't. Someone got a little too close to something, someone took care of it. Maybe a teapot dome scandal. Perhaps. Mm. Yeah. 
That's why I didn't want to speak on that one, because I don't want to end up like our Bud Dwyer. (laughs) Well, that's not not right either. (laughs) That's okay. You gotta throw your hat in the ring sometimes. So, <laughs> I can't sit up three straight. Uh, <laughs> Arba Dwyer was a uh, he was a treasurer of Pennsylvania from 1981 to 1987. He was under investigation for bribery himself in 1987. He killed himself. He went to a press conference and uh, carried a Manila envelope with a revolver in it. He uh, asked every all the reporters to stand back. And then he put the gun in his mouth and shot himself. Oh my god, in front of everybody? It is the oh, it is it is available uh, on the internet to watch him because it was fully filmed by news cameras. It was not fully aired. Uh, but it is it, it's an extremely tragic thing. That's sad. Um, he he said uh, those of you who are putting your cameras away, I think you ought to stay because we're not we're not finished yet. Uh, and then yeah. He yeah. shot himself. Uh, the conjecture... What was he getting investigated? What, what was he bribery? He was being investigated for bribery. Um, let me look at this. Is that a Wikipedia article? It is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I learn about these things in different places, but it's, it's easy to do it this way. <laughs> Your hypothesis is correct. <laughs> so, he, so he, he, that rabbit hole. he had been convicted of receiving a bribe from the California firm that ultimately won a contract in Pennsylvania, a multi-million dollar contract. So, yeah, and so the conjecture is is that he always said he was innocent, and he killed himself so that he could not resign his office to ensure that his wife and family got his uh, state pension. So there you go. Uh, there's a song by uh, the band Filter uh-huh. called uh, "Hey Man, Nice Shot." I think that's what it's called. Filter sang about him, like okay. Uh, yeah. So this. Right. Yeah. So "Hey Man, Nice Shot" by Filter is a song from 1995 that is commonly believed to be about Kurt Cobain's suicide, but is actually about our Bud Dwyer's. So there you oh. go. Interesting, huh? So is your theme, like, political scandals and appeals? <laughs> That's his rabbit hole. There's a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess there were three things in a row that right. came out that way, but the rest are not, so... So don't worry. Uh, so Eric, I'm gonna give you uh, I'm gonna give you a point for your for your answer for, you. for attempting to answer it all, and we're gonna go ahead and let John pick the next one. You have one through uh, what one through nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll take nine. Number nine. All right, John Paris, you have a vague idea about reality therapy. Reality therapy. Uh, no, I don't. No. Mm-mm. All right, Eric. I got a big idea. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Maha. Reality therapy. Big idea, yeah. Okay, cool. Jenny? Yeah. Okay. Eric, start us off. Uh, so I believe, uh, I mean, there's different shades of therapy for different reasons, but some people are out of touch with reality for either by uh, visual perception of themselves or other people or even the dynamic of their relationships. So reality therapy being a big field, but some of it is uh, providing these people tangible things separate from their own minds so that they have something to uh, base that's not relative or you know to themselves that's that's not that's not incorrect well done Maha what do you what can you add about reality therapy I feel like you just copied my answer <laughs> <laughs> I went first so. <laughs> um, I was going to go along, along the same lines I, what came to mind was exposure therapy so I do think it's probably some application of therapy psychotherapy 
Um, it could also be like virtual reality therapy mm-hmm. when you're identifying people that have some sort of phobias or something and then gradually exposing them to different um, you know, worlds or stimuli that could be mimicking what could be reality. I would imagine that these kinds, like you're looking at maybe, I don't know, treatment of really serious personality disorders or, you know, perceptive disorders or something like that. So yeah. Or, you know, it could also be something completely insane where you have like college kids who've been in their dorms and think that that's what life is fucking like. (laughs) And then you just terminate all of that and throw them into like, I don't know, a 15 hour job at Amazon and be like, here, you're doing this for the next three weeks for the semester. And that's your reality. I feel like you're leaning towards saying that being on MTV's The Real World is a therapy. That is not reality. (laughs) They didn't have to, did they even have to work jobs then? Oh yeah. I mean, at least yeah, through the first, like, like job, like, yeah. Or yeah, well, the, the first, like, the first five seasons, like, they worked in, like, a community center in Boston. Like, they yeah, did, they used to do cool shit. Somebody was yeah. paying their rent. Oh, no, I'm not, hey, I'm not saying that I'm it was, saying like, a viable thing. I'm saying this is actual reality therapy. We're gonna pull this shit out. We're gonna put you in the middle of the street. You've got three weeks to figure it out. No loans, no nothing. And don't take cash advances on your credit card. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's that's just good advice that for everyone. That just seems like adulthood. The more that I think yeah. about this. <laughs> So it's not therapy, it's just reality. <laughs> it's, just, it's just actually... Like, just, just live. Live as a human. There's Hashtag therapeutic about it. Yeah, it's just like, oh shit. <laughs> well, Jenny, what, do you, what can you add? Oh, well, I was leaning towards virtual reality okay. therapy. Like exposure to realities that might be otherwise traumatic. Right. Mm-hmm. So like way. a world of giant pixelated bees. Right, like instance. if you're a... <laughs> What? Yeah, of course. I mean, that, just, that was all the virtual true. reality I've experienced is not particularly what realistic. Just like yeah. the idea of like a, right. a yellow uh-huh. pixel and a black pixel. But whatever, around. whatever your fear of what kind of reality is coming, right? That yeah. you are expo- For instance, I hate flying on planes. Okay. I have to over medicate myself every time I get on a plane. I put my head between my knees and like breathe deeply and like flex my fingers like this and basically freak everyone out around me. <laughs> I feel like I want like, to you know? with you because we yeah. just clear a row. It's really fun. Yeah. yeah. I would just buy drinks for the entire sure. aisle and be like, she's a little off today. I, I actually <laughs> have to warn people ahead of time. You're going to see me do some weird stuff. Just ignore it. Do you it. pass note cards Nothing's out like the people with kids? <laughs> <laughs> I might start crying. Here's some earbuds. Well, luckily I'm usually flying with my kids, so they can they can pop up and be like, she's fine. <laughs> Gets a little nauseous on planes, that's all. That's that's totally your kids. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, Mom, where are my headphones? You know, and then it's fine. Yeah. It's yeah. The whole yeah. So my, my thought own. was like, well, that's a reality that really freaks me out. So like maybe I need to be exposed to that kind of reality in a prescriptive and productive way as opposed to the way that I have been exposed to it, which is in like a totally traumatic, frightening way. Yeah. I Well, that be one. Sponsored uh, by Southwest or something. <laughs> You're like wearing the goggles and you see like the advertisement. <laughs> yeah, they're simultaneously like selling their product to you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? Why, why don't airplanes just give you like one of those phone VR headsets? Yeah. And it immediately just plugs in and it's like, you're on a train. It's totally fine. We're <laughs> on a beach. Yeah. yeah, you could be anywhere. Yeah, I would like that. Yeah. That'd That's be a good kind of reality therapy. Oh, yeah. There, that's good. Well, everybody did great. 
not entirely right, but not entirely wrong. <laughs> Reality therapy is an approach to psychotherapy and counseling that was developed by William Glasser in the 1960s. It differs from conventional, uh, conventional psychiatry and psychoanalysis and medical model schools of psychotherapy in that it focuses on what Glasser calls psychiatry's three R's, realism, responsibility, and right and wrong. So you throw them out in the middle uh, of the street. Yeah, rather, that's exactly right. Rather than symptoms of mental disorders, reality therapy maintains that the individual is suffering from a socially universal human condition rather than a <laughs> mental illness. We all fucked. Right. <laughs> so just ground yourself. Uh, it is... It is in the unsuccessful attainment of basic needs that a person's behavior moves away from the norm. So, I mean, like, you know, cutting all healthcare and food and things would make people crazy. It seems... Yeah! That seems to follow. Right. Uh, Was he a socialist, Nate? (laughs) Hey, I can only imagine that as I reflect my own socialism onto him, that he must have been. Uh, So, since fulfilling essential needs is part of a person's present life, reality therapy does not concern itself with the client's past. Neither... Does this type of therapy deal with unconscious mental processes? The approach to counseling and problem solving focuses on the here and now actions of the client and the ability to create and choose a better future. So it's a little bit like self-helpy too. Sounds uh, like yoga. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> You're just like in the moment. It sounds like privileged people would benefit from reality therapy more right. than people yeah. who have like a really shitty reality that's oh, hard yeah. to choose your way out of. Especially right. with this this sentence. Typically, clients seek to discover what they really want and how they are currently choosing to yeah, behave so in order to achieve like, those goals. I know what I want. Just like, I, I want a fucking sandwich. No one will give me a sandwich. I am starving. Beverly Hills therapy. <laughs> um, yeah. So different than so great. Detroit therapy. <laughs> hey, nice. A little Axel. Uh, so great job. Um, let's see, John. Did you did you offer anything that time? You, you're passing again. I'm, I'm going to give you three points just because I love you. Wait, Eric, what? Eric, you're getting two points. I'm my ass over here. You're getting, you're getting your reality, too. whatever hey, we just talked about. Hey, everybody chill. Eric's getting two more points. Jenny, Is it because you, you love uh, me less? See, huh? Is it because you love me less? No. Oh, see, it's, <laughs> it's because there's a democratizing way to the point system. Uh, the, as, the, as the communal waters rise, all people have a chance to try to win the game, even though John will continue to pass more than likely, which is I, fine. I'm just here for the goldfish. Yeah, that's your shtick, man. I, I, it's I like it. Version, it's more reality goldfish. therapy for John. You're just allowing him to access <laughs> to a different reality. I'm going uh, to give Jenny three points, and I'm going to give Maha four points. So the score right now, ladies are tied at five and a half, gents at three, and we're going to go back over to Maha. You can pick one through uh, eight. Three. Number three. Oh, oh, here we go. It's time for Palm and Palm de Terre. <laughs> for Palm and Palm de Terre, which is French for apple or potato, oh. I'm going to present an object that I have in my backpack. <laughs> And you, Maha, are going to have to convince everyone whether this object, which is neither an apple nor a potato, is either an apple or a potato. Great, it can't be anything else. This is the hatter part of this Oh, shit. yes. Welcome. Welcome to surrealism. Uh, so, uh, I've presented a well-worn catcher's mitt to Maha. Maha, is this catcher's mitt an apple or a potato? Yeah, uh, Nate, you could go either way on this one. Um, so, let's just go with one. I, I, you know what? I think I was... Do you want to take a healthy option, or do you want to take the reckless American diet option on this one? 
I mean, I think we should go Reckless America. Okay, Absolutely. Reckless. Yeah. All right. So let's con. This is more in tune with being a potato. Um, the reason why is because if you think about the game in which this is used, there's a lot of snacks out there. Um, and I would imagine that right. most of them are consuming potato chips and also maybe fries, depending on which establishment or which stadium you might be at. I was going to go with apples, but unfortunately, I don't think a lot of baseball fans would be eating apples at a game. So I would advocate for the catcher's mitt being a potato. I, I think that's a great that's a great case. You don't see uh, apple slices as the healthy alternative to nachos as, <laughs> at the stadium. No. The Aramark people don't tend to stock fruits. Uh, I mean, it's a classic American game, and what is more American than the potato? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean... Unless you're the Irish. Unless you're the Irish, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they came over here talk shows. They're more American than the potato. I'm just rewriting history like we do as Americans. <laughs> um, no, uh, I, I agree. So I think the, Idaho would disagree with you, which is probably a great spot to play baseball. <laughs> Idaho potato people, if you want to sponsor the show, tweet at Nate Regolia. Um, so now the rest of the group, has you have a chance to rebut that. If you can make a case that this is an apple that is more convincing than Maha's potato case... You can try to steal a point, but otherwise we'll just give it to Maha. So can I get half a point for piggybacking on a potato train? Um, yeah. yeah, okay. <laughs> I piggyback on a potato train. Great. Look at this fine leather skin. You're not gonna find that on an apple, but potatoes, even after time, can you know get this kind of softness that you see here on this catcher's mitt. I don't know what's going on in your kitchen. <laughs> no, potatoes are known for their leathery skin. <laughs> I have to say, I make a case for it being a potato, but I think your reason is all wrong. I think it's because hot potato is a game of catch. Oh, oh that's, a, yeah. that's good, John. That's good. Even I'm going to accept that that was correct. <laughs> yeah. But you I'm, had more time to think about it. I'm going to give John half a point for that. <laughs> uh, Maha, you're going to get a point. Jenny, did you want to add I anything? I do want to rebut, actually. Re- oh, rebut? Ooh. Do. All right. Because what it looks to me like is both the shape and the texture of a dried and wizened apple that ah. has been perhaps run over by something. Okay, okay. So, so it's, it's like if an apple got left in the street, dried out, and then got run over by a car, it could look precisely like that. It might even have that leathery That's fair. texture. That's fair. It could be the great. patina. Uh-huh. You know, Ooh, the patina look. of a leathery apple. <laughs> Where has this been? I don't want to touch it. It belongs to Rex and, and uh, Biking for Baseball. You Sorry, should all, uh, anybody listening should consider donating them. It's a great nonprofit that gets kids uh, playing baseball. They bike around the stadium. I'll plug it later. Yeah, okay. Eric will plug <laughs> it more thoroughly later. Uh, hey, great. I'm going to give you a point for that, Jenny. Okay. I'm going to give Maha a point, and the, the gents will get half a point each. And we're going to move on to the next topic. Jenny, pick one through seven. Four. Four. All right. Well, do you have a vague idea about the blue people of Kentucky? Mm, are they like, no, mm, yes. Okay. Yes, I do. John Paros, blue people of Kentucky. I can't even make a stab at it. All right. Eric. I got a big idea. Okay. I think Maha? I have a big idea. All right. Jenny, start us off. Blue people <laughs> of Kentucky. Um, they are related to the Picts, P-I-C-T, um, which is an ancient Gaelic tribe. Um, and they painted their faces blue during their celebration of the Beltane fires. So these descendants who came over, settled in Kentucky, they celebrate um, as a way to sort of, you know, 
I don't know, remember their ancient ancestors by painting their faces blue and lighting fires. And then in Kentucky, what you do is some distinctly American version of it and maybe drink bourbon or something while you're at it. But that's my guess, is that it has something to do with a, an ancient relationship to the Picts. That's that's not correct, but I like I like that. That was convincing. John, you <laughs> didn't say anything. Eric. No, it was convincing. I was like, what? So, there was this tragic moment uh-huh. where uh, this distillery uh, put some of their waste into uh, a local river. And that river flowed downstream into this nearby village. And the uh, this is modern day, but for whatever reason, the people still bathed in the river right. and turned their well, skin. Well, Kentucky. Kentucky. And it, it wasn't... Comedy podcast. <laughs> Either way, it turned their skin blue, uh, and they tried to sue the distillery, and the case is ongoing. But that is the I'm people of Kentucky. Case. You have hit on uh, one correct thing in that. Ma. I w- I'm going to make this short and sweet. Uh-huh. Either this has to do with bluegrass and has some sort of you know connection to music. Mm-hmm. That's hence the blue people of Kentucky. Or they are somehow related to the Amish and have some sort of genetic disorder and which now is, you know, privy- only found in from Kentucky. From inbreeding? Yeah, from inbreeding. And so the Kentucky, the state of Kentucky has its own, you know, version of minorities that have genetic disorders that... Are somehow related to the Amish and what Pennsylvania is over there? Yeah, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania Dutch. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Well, you also said something that is that is not inaccurate. Uh, that wasn't completely correct. But so the the Fugit family. Uh, so there's family a family of, involved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, look, everybody's everybody's been Fugit doing great. Fugit sounds a little like. Brittany, which is sort of related <laughs> to Britain. I am impressed that no one was like, there's a small crop of Democratic voters in the state of Kentucky, and we call them the blue people. My, my other oh. guess was that it was the basketball fans who painted their faces. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I think it's uh, like a purge of like American politics. <laughs> um, so the, the Fugit family that lived in the hills of Kentucky is commonly known as the Blue Fugits, or the Blue People of Kentucky. They are notable for having been carriers of a genetic trait that led to the disease methamoglobinemia, which gives sufferers blue-tinged skin. Holy crap. They all actually look blue. French-born Martin Fugit, orphaned as a child, settled near Hazard, Kentucky around 1820. (laughs) Yeah. He didn't become a duke. Somehow. (laughs) Uh... So there's a very high level of uh, consanguinity in marriage between families, which means people Incest. fucking their families. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> good, good job, Wikipedia. Go with the big word. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so all of these people, uh, he, he married this woman, Elizabeth Smith, who was a carrier of the recessive methylmoglobinemia allele, uh, and so this entire family uh, is blue. And I'm going to pass a uh, picture around so everybody can see what this looks like. As soon as I was, it just this one family, or then did they all? Constantly yeah, it's, it's just with really, it's just really again. this family. Um, but I mean, did it get passed down? Like, yeah, are they still they exist? Oh, it's, uh, yeah, I think so. I think there's still some some remaining uh, blue oh. people in Kentucky, but they're they're very blue. Like, this isn't just like oh, you know, a oh hint of blue. Like, actually, blue insane. people. Like Violet Beauregard post. Yes, uh, post blueberry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Because blue matches his shirt in that one. <laughs> I love Beauregard. Right? Well, hey, I got a wow. 
It's it's really interesting. I, I, had I thought no it'd be idea. like a slight hue. Not right. Really. But it's oh, continued no, yeah. to be passed on, which means that they have to continue to really intervene in yeah. order for I mean, that I, to happen. I think it's, yeah, at, at some point there's a dice roll about. Yeah, you know. They just let that part of the state be. Yeah. <laughs> the hills. I don't know. I Do think Adobe Photoshop does that. You think, <laughs> a pho- you think that's a Photoshop thing? It might be a little highly saturated. Yeah, it could be. I mean, there's like older pictures. I mean, here, here's a here's a picture where he's sitting next to, like that guy's sitting next to his wife. So he married outside the family because she's not blue. That doesn't change my so opinion. So it's a dominant gene. No, I know. <laughs> it's recessive, so presumably, Let's take a field trip to presumably Kentucky. they don't have <laughs> hazard Their children or not. I would think not. Yeah, well, I mean, it would well, be, it would be tricky to have who gets perpetuated stereotypes about. <laughs> And how common is it that, like, the first one Kentucky happened to marry somebody else? With... Oh, it's it's a super insane, like, low-probability situation. That this guy who had this recessive gene would marry a woman with that recessive gene who wasn't related to him. Uh, and then everybody would just be like, oh, well, yeah, we're cousins, but that's cool. Like, where, what am I going to do, walk four miles to meet somebody else? <laughs> There's bears and shit. I was not sure. Yeah. Well, you got, because what? Are there like, bears in Kentucky? <laughs> Gotta be. Yeah. We should Wikipedia sure. that way. That's what Grandma Ma said. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, let's see. John, you didn't say anything. That's okay. But your Photoshop comment earned you half a point, so we'll do that. Uh, Eric, I'm going to give you two points for having said the skin was blue. Yeah. I'm give Jenny half a point. I'm give Maha a full point. Was closer than he was with the river. Did she just say blue skin? Yeah, she had genetic. She had genetic. No, I know. Maha's leading with seven and a half. Jenny has seven. Eric has five and a half. And John has four. That's why you did it. And Maha, you get to pick uh, one through seven. Wait, one through six. One through six. Did I pick last time? I can't remember. Yeah, you might have, but it doesn't matter. Let's Uh do one. Number one. one. Oh, it's the bonus question. All right. So for the bonus question, this this week we're playing indie band TV show mashup. Oh no. So you I'm gonna I'm gonna read a clue to you. You're gonna tell me what the name of the indie band and TV show mashup name is. That's good. If you don't know, you can pass it to the next person until someone until someone can answer it. Alright? Define indie? Uh, these are all relatively well known indie bands. Oh, I'm not like fuck this up. <laughs> I don't even know the relative. Can I like level. phone a friend like Spotify? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean if you can text somebody fast enough, I'm fine with it. Uh, so number one. This neutral milk hotel and Elephant Six founder moves to Hawaii and grows a sweet stash to investigate crimes. What is the name of the TV show and indie artist mashup? I have no fucking idea. I just... Would you like to pass? Uh, yes. Okay. That's another way of saying pass. Can you repeat? Yeah. It sounded Byzantine. <laughs> <laughs> this this neutral milk hotel... And neutral Ele- milk hotel? That's yeah, a band. that's a band. That's yeah. a band. And okay. Elephant Six, also a band slash okay. a collective, founder, moves to oh, Hawaii and grows a sweet stash to investigate crime. Milk thistle. <laughs> I don't know. I like that. I don't know I mean, who the bands yeah. are. Okay, okay. And I don't know whatever TV John, show you're talking about. John, you. Would, I'm, would, I'm kind of confused by the question, honestly. Okay. All right. Because uh, it's Eric? Byzantine. Uh, and maybe it's maybe it's too Byzantine. That's fine. 
Maybe that's the name of the show. <laughs> this episode is too Byzantine. Uh, Next time you need to do like house DJs or something. I was looking for I Jeff. I was looking for Jeff Mangum PI. <laughs> as in Magnum PI. Oh, oh, Jeff Mangum oh, is, is the guy. Oh okay. God, so Maha number two. There's only two more of these. So let's, <laughs> let's just all. Two? What do you mean only two? Yeah, there's only two. Okay. We're having a great time. Let's don't, don't bring everything down. Okay. Oh, <laughs> God. Oh my God, All right. <laughs> Your second question. Band members Isaac Brock and Johnny Marr might not be cutesy enough for this classic Disney TV show. What is this, a spin-off Hannah Montana or something? Think more classic. Not not like our classic. Not like 25 years ago classic. Like classic classic. There were TV shows back then? No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm serious. Like, I didn't know yeah. Disney had shows back oh, then. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. the Mickey, Mickey Mouse, Mouse Club. The Mickey Mouse Okay, so you're on the right track. Now, what band are Isaac Brock and Johnny Marr in, or what would... Modest Mouse Club. Thank you. Well done. <laughs> Excellent. There, yeah, good. I right, should thank get you. fucking points for that. You're that going was amazing. To. <laughs> that was, that was amazing. Get Just saw that idea fuse together. Like, <laughs> Modest yes, Mouse Club. That's exactly, that's what happened. I was so excited. Yep, the Modest Mouse Club. Wow. Uh, now, the third one. Here you go. You ready? A dream pop pair from Baltimore end up at Princeton Plainsboro Hospital with a pill-popping, misanthropic genius doctor. This is something else. Uh, what was the band? Is this a band name? or? It's a dream pop pair from Baltimore that end up at Princeton Plainsboro Hospital with a pill-popping, misanthropic genius doctor. What the fuck is from Maryland? <laughs> My thought process can just very falter sometimes. Um, the, the musical hairspray? Nancy Pelosi's from Maryland. That's a, what is it, a what Pelosi house or something? Huh? Oh, Pelosi house would be kind of funny. Um, <laughs> house, house MD. So MD is like Maryland, but I don't know how that relates to it. Is this Daft Punk? But they're French. No, yeah, it's not Daft Punk. <laughs> you know what, pass. Yeah. Okay. No idea. Okay. John? Sorry. Eric? House of Rock. <laughs> the The band name is Beach House, oh, which is the band name, but Beach House is also the answer. I was half there. Yeah, great job, Thank Maha. You. I'm gonna give you. Uh, I'm gonna give you two points. <laughs> I love this game. <laughs> All right, and uh, let's Are there have. Are any uh, female artists in your? Um, yeah, the uh, Beach House has. There's one. Yeah, Beach House is is a man woman team. And I'm pretty sure Elephant Six has several women in it. I was just wondering. I was trying to come up with something. I don't know any of them, because I, I only listened to Lilith Fair stuff in high school, oh, yeah, so yeah. I literally <laughs> couldn't totally tell would. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know anything about any music except for Lilith Fair and opera. So <laughs> ask her about Jewel next time. Yeah, I'm, try, I, yeah, I'm, I'm trying, trying to think of one with Lisa Loeb. I don't know. Mm. A major what crush on Lisa she... Loeb back then. What was the song that she... had several great songs. Did she have one with a guitar in, like, an empty house? That sounds like all the 90s, actually. Oh, I, think, I, think was, I mean, I think that was Sean Colvin, maybe? <laughs> what, Sonny, Sonny Came Home? Oh, that's you know that song? Yes! Sonny Came Home. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lisa Loeb is, like, yeah. Stay or something, yeah. right? Lisa Loeb is yeah. Stay and I glasses, Do and a few other she, things. Did she wear, like, the Yeah, she had the horn like, glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. I got, that's, like, the far side. Yeah. Which is also 90s. I'm totally irrelevant comment. <laughs> All right, Eric, I'm going to have you pick one through five. Four. Number four. All right. It's time for original sketch. 
<laughs> okay, so for original sketch, uh, you guys are all just going to play the parts that I give you okay. until I tell you to stop. Uh, the catcher's mitt, for all intents and purposes now, is the ugliest baby that you guys have ever seen. And you are four doctors. You are hanging out, you're doctors, it's an ugly baby, none of you want to call it ugly. And we're going to start with Eric. Each of you has to start by saying at least one sentence, and then we'll just kind of go and we'll see what happens. Feel free to have as much fun with this as you want. There's, there's no right or wrong answer, and uh, this is really just for my own entertainment, so. Uh, the mother's asleep, right? Well, crew, I think we can all agree that this is the most homely baby we've ever delivered. No, I... Okay. <laughs> Things will grow. <laughs> you know, the labor was really long. It spent a lot of time, this head crammed in a vagina. <clears throat> so things will not only grow, they will also loosen, spread, etc. It's just, this is how all babies look. <laughs> I'm, I'm not I like how you're using it like a talking stick. You guys should all keep talking. <laughs> be silent oh, no. until you receive no. the catcher's mitt, baby. Look, crew, at the end of the day, how long have we been doing this? Like over fucking 15. How many babies have we delivered? I mean, it's been weeks for me, but I know. <laughs> yeah, you're new, so you're going to learn something today. This which is, is what babies skin is so leathery. <laughs> no, it's. You know what matters at the end jaundice. of the day? Uh, First off, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. In the inside, right? Got yep. And this child could be one of us one day. I hope not. Where we just wear masks and it doesn't matter. No, you're never gonna be a baby again. Listen to you. Look, it'll grow up and then it won't <laughs> matter. And then with all these Instagram filters, this you know, look, look, just put a filter over it. Right. Yeah, or deer parts on it, and then everything's cute now. What is it? Have they cleared in? Ray is, you know, one of the ones from. Paint, we we can paint it blue and then <laughs> and then give it back to the uh, Kentucky people. people. Yeah, well, I mean. Did you run a DNA test them. on this, or is? Um, you know, no. I think you know, it's, just, I think it's ninety percent ugly. Man. Just let them. Is it a few or? Okay, just just let them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been delivering babies and you kids? Sex it right now. You know, these days well, we have to be very careful about. Well, that's that. true. And to be fair, yeah. there is that flap of skin. That is not something we see all the time. So Actually, I saw the dad. He had it too. You saw the dad. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait a minute. How long just... have you been here? I'm actually not a doctor. I'm sorry. <laughs> Why am I holding this baby? <laughs> like you're gonna have scarred over there. What a twist. <laughs> okay, great. Everybody, we can and scene. Well done. That was fun. Original sketch is always a blast. John, I'm gonna give you John, I'm gonna give you two points. Eric, I'm gonna give you uh I'm gonna give you five points. <laughs> Cause you uh you really populated character. You went from being a, to fill it out, a you know? doctor to a new doctor to then a baby thief. And that's, and that's, that's exciting. And maybe the dad. Yeah, exactly. The comment about the father was like, Could have looked at himself in the mirror, but like, that flap was like, that flap was definitely mine. I was trying to make sure it wasn't mine. And then, is this mine? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, So, score break right now. 
Uh, Maha, you have 11 and a half. Jenny has 10 and a half. Eric has 10 and a half. John has six. John, you get to pick one through four. Uh, I'll take number four, please. Number four. Okay. Well, John, you have a vague idea about the Teal album. No. I, uh, yeah, I've got a vague idea. Okay. Eric, the Teal album. I have a vague idea. Okay. Maha, the Teal album. No. Okay. Unless, can I phone a friend? Like Spotify? Well, no, because that'd be like looking, looking it up, up, looking it up. That's not really, <laughs> no, that's not really phoning a friend. <laughs> that's <laughs> friend using the infinite database Her that is the is internet. The phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My friend is the phone. You, you cannot, uh, but you can do anything I don't else. have a big idea. I okay. have no idea. Siri is her friend. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't like Siri. Yeah, don't you Bixby. have a... Yeah. I don't like Bixby name. either. Bixby's such a weird name for a thing. Okay, side note. Uh-huh. Do you know that there's an article out, out there where they did research as to sexual harassment on, uh, like, AI for Siri, Cortana, Alexa, and apparently Siri is the worst. Like, she actually... She's the worst harasser? No, 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 harass she, her the people most. harass her the most and she enables it, and then Cortana apparently is, like, the biggest bitch. Like, if you try to pick her up, like, she will, like, shut down. So, so Siri's constantly saying things like, oh, you... Yes, yes. <laughs> That's that's very so sad. So she's an enabler. She's yeah. an enabler, but the other ones, it was funny they did that research. Anyway, side note. No, that's, that's exciting. We should come back to that. <laughs> it is exciting. Jenny, the Teal album. I do. Okay, great. John, start us off. I think that's one of the Weezer ones, but I don't know. That's correct. Eric, what can you add? I can't believe I did that. Um, <laughs> yes, Weezer had both the Blue album and a uh, fellow band of theirs had the Green album. They wanted to collaborate, so they came up with the Teal album. What? Coming to stores this fall. Since the 90s? I mean, it's not... You're not wrong? Wrong? Yeah, he's wrong, because the Green Album is a Weezer album, No, too. yeah, they're they're both. They're all Weezer <laughs> I, albums. But, 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 they, but they feature different Weezer lineups, so there's a way in which they're collaborating with themselves, because it's different. Anyway, I'm not going to give you any points for that. Oh, come on. <laughs> uh, uh, you, I, you passed. Well, because I couldn't call Spotify. Yeah. Because you wanted, you wanted to just, you just wanted to cheat. And that's that fine. is not no, cheating. No, hey, you can, we can embrace cheating. I can it's have okay. a big idea by just consulting my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta take this phone call. Hello, Spotify. It was a job. <laughs> Jenny, the um, teal album. It's also volume two, um, companion to Joan Didion's The White Album. Whoa! That is not correct, but I like the idea of Why is it everything that you lie about sounds so convincing? Because I'm a professor! I like blow shit up people's ass for a living! (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, the the Teal album came out uh, weeks ago. It is the most recent studio album by Weezer. It features all covers. On this album, they cover Africa by Toto. Everybody oh, Wants to Rule the this. World, oh, Sweet fun. Dreams by uh, The Rhythmics, Take On Me by Aha, Happy Together by The Turtles. They cover Paranoid yeah. by Garbage, I think. Really? I think that's Garbage. They cover Mr. Blue Sky by ELO. They cover Ooh. No Scrubs by TLC, which is the most controversial one of the covers, <laughs> because people are like, yo, Weezer. You're all uh, scrubs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which makes it funny. Sounded better than I could have. Um, there was definitely, like, a, a Root article about, like, Come on, why are you covering no? Why are you covering no scrubs? Just box up like if anybody like should be covering no scrubs, it should probably be like a. Band but of they color. didn't, did they? Can anybody no. cover any song no, they not. want, though? I mean, sure, but who's to say that they did it the best? I mean, they could. 
So yeah. Could combine We're all just fans. Just let them do it. It's true. Let's just all be fans. Uh, they also cover Billie Jean and Stand By Me on this record. Uh, yeah, wouldn't it be worse if they didn't have broad representation in terms of the things that they covered? No, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> See, then they'd get is criticized it, is on it better? for that. I mean, right now, we're, now, now we're talking, talking about, about like, is it better to have stone. the It's a Small World ride or not have the It's a Small World ride? <laughs> yep. Because it's torture either way. Uh... <laughs> So yeah, but but this this album release spurred another round of conversation about like, well, is Weezer any good anymore? Like, what the fuck with Weezer, right? Yeah, like Does anybody like Weezer? Stories Does anyone have forever? a real job with real things to get done? I don't think so. Just, yeah, I, I think I think that's long gone. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like career level. I think amazing. most people are taking pictures of themselves, posting them, <laughs> and then they're doing menial tasks for a small amount of money, parsed out by a tech company. Run by a person who says, we're, uh, you know, disrupting. Yeah. Well. While he disrupts uh, his dick. <laughs> or somebody else. Okay, I don't know how we got there. That means masturbating. That is the new term. To disrupt your dick means that you're masturbating. Yeah. yeah. Well, because it's, you know, it was just trying to hang there. And you're like, no. You're going to get disrupted. to work. Yeah. Take a new tack. Wow. Uh, disrupting yeah. it could also be sexual harassment. It's true. He could also he could do both actually at the same time, <laughs> like Louis C.K. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the dick I see. I, I went to a place where it was like, oh well, we've developed this uh, uh, nanotech that allows really us. Really, that disrupted. The person who's disrupted is the one who's actually getting harassed. Like, That's true. I mean, unless he considers masturbation a harassment of self, like, <laughs> I don't know. Well, like, I mean, if you're trying to get some work done, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. If you're into it. <laughs> I feel like I feel like there's a nanotech uh, penis sentience device that happens, and then you're harassing that. Wow. I don't know. <laughs> We've gone to a strange place. John, I'm gonna give you a point. Uh, Eric, I'm gonna give you uh, half a point. Yes, I need it. And uh, let's see, Maha, I'm, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you. I'm plugging Spotify over here. I'm gonna give you half a point. Hey, I gave the trivia for the. Sexual harassment. <laughs> yeah, that's why I gave you half a point. Totally random. <laughs> and uh, Jenny, you're getting a, a half a point as well. All right. So there are three remaining topics. I'm going to have uh, I'm at Maha pick. What do you got? One through three. One. One. Do you have a vague idea about the Fort Collins Lion Choker? Yes, All I right. have more than a vague idea about that one. Well, good. Hey. Hey, great. I, your enthusiasm is uh, a little startling. But <laughs> <laughs> Jenny, Fort Collins Lion Choker? I do. Great. John? I'm not going to go after that. No? Mm-mm. Eric? I'll follow it up. All right. Eric's going to try to add. All right. Ma, start us out. What do you so got this about? is that recent incident that happened that actually rocketed us to Colorado the top for crazy stereotypes in the U.S. <laughs> where there was like this buck jar or whatever. This is my interpretation of not actually reading the article but skimming through the headlines. Um, which is a total Boulder thing to do. I think he was actually from Boulder. I don't know what he was doing up there. And He probably line, ran there. He probably did! <laughs> it was like his morning stroll yeah. to go from Boulder to Fort Collins. <laughs> and on the way, he, this like lion, what is it? Like a lion, what, what is it? Mount Lion. Mount Lion, Mount attacks him and this dude like takes him out by strangling him to death in a very 
typical stereotypical Colorado fashion. And now I'm sure he's going to be like the poster child for REI on 15th and Platt, just for the record. (laughs) But yeah. Just a picture of him throttling a mountain lion? (laughs) Yes, I don't know. He just, I think he strangled him. It was like started attacking him when he strangled him. So yeah. Yeah, that's that's correct. Yeah. Can you add, Jenny? Yeah. Well, I heard the story on NPR, but it was actually the person who was being interviewed was the last person to have survived a mountain lion attack and it was like 20 years ago and so then this whole interview was about his mountain lion attack and how he thinks that that other choker mountain lion survivor might have felt it was like this meta kind of thinking so one mountain lion survivor might have felt about the other yeah the glorious punditry of modern journalism yes exactly so yeah Well, my dick's sentient, and if it was sexually harassed, <laughs> I think it would go a little something like this. Yes! I, I want to jump in on this one. Because <laughs> this this mountain lion was like 60 or 70 pounds. Like Even a, heavier. A, a yes. baby. Like, yeah. like essentially like a juvenile mountain lion and about half the guy's size. Like, Oh, so know. it's not as epic as they made it. So, it, I mean, it's almost more a story, not of like human courage, but of, you know, uh, human kind of interfering in like natural... Animal Natural. weakness. Let's call it animal weakness. Not animal weakness, but like. I mean, Wait, are you uh, suggesting that he that he provoked it? No, I don't know if he provoked oh, okay. it. Like, I don't know, you know, like how the attack was formed. But I mean, it, in in some way, like you you're you're in that animal's like natural habitat. Oh, sure, and like sure, to be like an aggressor in that way, like mm. even if it is like man versus nature, like which you know is a story as old as time, but like, mm. I mean, at a certain yeah, point you can means. be like, like, I don't know, yeah. more like deferent to it or something. Oh sure, yeah. I mean, I think I think there is some some. If I was on a hike, and I saw a mountain lion. I would have no fucking idea if it was an adolescent or a full grown. I would like how would how would you, you would be, be able to tell if it's any bigger than you are though? She's not very big. Do you <laughs> I mean, it sounds to me like it was about half your size. If if, if an eighty pound but mountain like, lion came like, at you, are you like do you sit there when you see the mountain lion like five feet you gotta away size from it up. you and you're like, let me think about this. Is this a juvenile or is this a full grown? Are you just like, oh shit, there's a mountain lion, and then how 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 are you? You're kind of turned on by this guy. I hate sporty people. Type. I am. This is not Maybe an advertisement looks. for hiking at all. It's no, just I just, how are you think about to be it. It's just different. a little pussy cat on your lap. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely. You're sitting not at home watching that even a juvenile mountain lion to death. So you know. Eric, do you have anything to add? Uh, just to wrap this one up, I, I don't think this is a story of uh, <laughs> of human courage or animal weakness. I, I think this is a story about fitness. Folks, if you were to run and hike as much as this man, and if this baby mountain lion had bigger delts, maybe he would have survived. He or Do she not invite people to move to Colorado, Eric. <laughs> they're already coming. So come on down. Challenging Make sure now. you book your gym membership, because they're filling up. No, and uh, when you're no. on the trail, just look out for baby mountain lions, okay? Also, mountain lion attacks only happen like once every 20 years, but this is going <laughs> to actually, what's really going to happen is that a lot of people are going to use this as an excuse to buy more firearms for their, quote, self-protection. To shoot the mountain lion, oh, but yes. he did it with his bare hands. He right? did. Most people know they wouldn't do that. 
they wouldn't be able to do that. So now all of these like bolder faux liberals are going to get guns for their big houses whoa, whoa, whoa. on the hills. How do you, you know, know they already have them? It's They're my gonna get right. More. It's my right to jog with a rifle. <laughs> love to see that happen. There's, no, there's nothing like the stock just cracking you right in the ass with every stride, you know? Uh, it's motivational. Oh my god. So the, the story in the Washington Post, uh, a runner in Colorado fought and killed an 80-pound mountain lion that attacked him on a nature trail in the foothills of the Rocky Mountains. See? He was going to Fort uh, Collins. He was mauled by a juvenile mountain lion oh, as he was right. running uh, Monday on the West Ridge Trail at Horsetooth Mountain Open Space, a 2,700-acre park with hiking and biking trails not far from Fort Collins. Uh, the man was not named, but was bitten on his face and wrist and fought free from the lion, suffocating the animal with his hands in self-defense. Quote, uh, this guy Ty Petersburg, area wildlife manager, who has a boner for this guy, <laughs> quote, he was really creative. He used his hands, feet, things that were around him, and it was really just a fight for survival. What the fuck else is he I was thinking sleeper hold. <laughs> <laughs> Officials said that the man stated he heard a noise behind him while he was running Monday afternoon, mm. and when he turned around, he saw the lion lunged at him, causing serious injuries. Oh. Uh, Petersburg, with Colorado Parks and Wildlife, said in a statement, the lion's hunting instincts were triggered by the runner. No <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh, but he told KUSA, KUSA that the man did what he was supposed to do. He raised his arms so that he would appear large, and he made noise. But the animal still wait, attacked. Wait a minute. How do they know this? I don't know. I mean, I I, I, I feel, feel like I, that's like why a... I that's why I think this uh, this guy has a boner for this other guy because he's just like yeah oh he totally did everything right like and like, then he just like there? he used everything he had. <laughs> Come on. How did he? No. Poor little baby kitten. <laughs> <laughs> no, there is a limit. An eighty pound. Mountain lions are described as calm, quiet, and elusive, and though attacks are not common in Colorado. Their interactions with humans have increased in recent years because more people are moving into their habitat. See, Eric? Using trails in those That's areas. They gotta leave. Yeah. <laughs> Go uh, cause, to Utah. Because the common, the common story that I hear is somebody's mountain biking and a mountain lion like lunges out of the woods and, and gets them because there's something about moving that fast mm -hmm. that triggers the instinct. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, that, well, that must be so great. So he was a really run fast runner. He must be. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, this guy's... See, it's about fitness. We may have... <laughs> We may have a superhero in our midst. And so, <laughs> Parks and Wildlife urges people to travel in groups when they're visiting lion country and never approach a mountain lion in the wild. In case you were thinking, like, just saying hi. they're not, like, Smokey the Bear. What do you do during a government shutdown? And right. <laughs> wildlife services just, just, there. Yeah, just don't stand next to the overflowing trash can full of food. Uh, fight back if the lion attacks you, the agency noted on its website. <laughs> Lions have been driven away by prey that fights back. People have fought back with rocks, sticks, caps or jackets, garden tools, and their bare hands successfully. And soon, guns. <laughs> Remain standing or try to get back up. Some of the, I mean, this is absurd that those are quotes that they're giving. Anyway. Jacket. Yeah. So there you go. That That's great. Everybody knew what that was. <laughs> Uh, uh, Maybe we can just throw quinoa at it and be like, oh <laughs> shit, I don't want to eat this one. Organic chard. <laughs> I think he tried that. Protein. <laughs> <laughs> or just one of those cliff bars in the, the mountain lion's like, I don't want to know what's inside this one. <laughs> John, I'm going to give you two points. Eric, I'm going to give you two points. Uh, Jenny, I'm going to give you two points. And Maha, I'm going to give you two points. Why the hell not? 
We've got two topics left. So, uh, Mama, pick one or two. One. Number one. I'm sure you're going to know all about this. Uh-oh. Do you have a vague idea about the Stations of the Cross? Excuse me? The Stations of the Cross. <laughs> Do you have a vague idea about them? Uh, them? Yeah. Stations of the Cross. Uh, actually, maybe. I think so. Okay. Mm -hmm. The more that we've had that conversation just now, we... Yeah, we, we just got to talk it out. Have fun so, with it. I think I might. We're, we're alive. <laughs> Jenny? Stations of the Cross? Vague. Okay, great. John? Sure. Stations of the I've Cross? I've got a big idea. Eric, okay. Maha, start us out. Okay, I'm thinking, Nate, like, we're doing, like, 1800s. Again, we're in the South for some reason. The Stations of the Cross seems like some Ku Klux Klan type shit that, like, ended up on some Quentin Tarantino scene, like, somewhere. Um, Are you describing interior and exterior of the scene? I could, but it would just end up... It's like, in Panavision. <laughs> What's that? What's the clansman with their? But that was a great scene in Django Unchained. That's one of my favorites. And I can't get the. Oh off. yeah. Um, I'm thinking that station. It's like a, either a subsect of the Ku Klux Klan, or it's like some sort of main event that they had, or some shit like that. But it probably no, actually, it probably does exist today because Mississippi still exists. All right. Well, that's that's not correct. But but what you have done is you have created a story idea that one of the people at this table should try writing, and I like it. Jenny, also, Stations of the Cross. She's not wrong about it being like a reenactment of something. That's true. She's uh, not wrong about that. It is a reenactment. Well, there's so much overlap. <laughs> it all derives. <clears throat> um. Keep in mind that I was raised by atheists, so this is all hearsay. Sure. Well, I mean, even if <laughs> you weren't, it's kind like of all you hearsay. Were raised by lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm sure there are some people who are like, I can't believe none of you guys fucking know what the. Anyway, but. I, I'm a little surprised. <laughs> but we'll see. I didn't. John might really know. John, you really know, don't you? I'm not. Is this a John religious really thing? Because then I would know. Yes. No, then I don't know. That's it's like part of the mass right and it's a reenactment of the crucifixion or something yeah, yeah that's that. that's that's partially correct yeah uh -huh. or if it's not part of the mass it's part of the church layout it's, yeah something I mean, like that yeah it's a i don't it's, know it's iconographic okay yeah. great yeah. You go. okay what does that mean john um, that's a completely normal association. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> um, yeah, it's a 12-panel it's a um, series of icons um, that I think, it's, I think it's kind of particular to the Catholic faith, um, but actually may encounter them in other Christi Christianity like sects. Different, yeah, different sects. Yeah, mm -hmm. Orthodox, they love to do icons and stuff like yeah. that. But it's oh, like, they spell that with a K. I guess so. Um, so icons? Greek. Oh, I oh. thought you were Greek Orthodox. Oh yeah. Spell icon with a K. Oh, nice. This is like the end of uh, Indiana Jones: The Last Crusade. <laughs> oh no, he fell through the rocks. They spell icon with a K. <laughs> right? You guys remember? John Connery's got a bullet hole. John, continue. Sorry. That's okay. Yeah. Did you just call him John? I did call him John. Oh, I thought you said Sean. No. <laughs> But he could be Sean Connery, though. Sean. Turning into SNL or something. Continue, Sean. <laughs> that makes what do you have to say? Um, so it, it's, uh, it's 12 phases of 
uh, Christ's movement from, I guess, making a cross to hauling it to his place of, of uh, crucifixion hmm. and, and depicts his crucifixion in, in those 12 stages. So, yeah, that's correct. Uh, Eric, do you have anything to add? Uh, that's literally it. I was raised Catholic, so I've seen those glass panels um, many times. I thought that was a bit excessive, but hey, you know, he died for our sins, so we might as well see how he died. Yeah, yeah, because like the Saw movies are about experiencing <laughs> how these actors died hypothetically for our sins as well. Uh, yeah, I... well, he didn't die for my sins though, because I'm going to hell. I so... am too, clearly. Oh yeah, yeah no, I, mean, I didn't even we're like. I forget how it works, but you might as well come over to this side just to be safe. Cool. <laughs> I think this is like the most religious education I've had for at least 20 years. So thank you. Um, yeah, so the Stations of the Cross, or Way of the Cross, also known as the Way of Sorrows, or Via Crucis, uh, refers to the series of images depicting Jesus Christ on the day of his crucifixion and accompanying prayers. It is commonly in the stained glass of a Catholic church. I don't know for sure if it works that way, but it's also in other churches. But it's also featured uh, in Anglican, Lutheran, and Methodist churches. Why are they called stations? Um, As opposed to just icons. I assume it's sort of like when you have a like a bake sale kind of thing at an elementary school, and it's like here's the brownie station, and here's the and there's like a cross making. Yeah, is that a cross making station? You gotta go to the cross-making station, then you gotta get, go to the get Man, whipped station. Getting crucified then you, is a cakewalk. Yeah. <laughs> then you gotta go to the, the crown of thorns station, right? And you just go around until oh, until oh you've God. been sufficiently uh, pious. It's a series of 14 images. 12 was really close. Um, that'll be arranged in numbered order along a path, and the faithful travel from image to image in order, stopping at each station to say the selected prayers and reflections. This will be done individually or in a procession, commonly during Lent, especially on Good Friday, and in a, in a spirit of reparation for the sufferings and insults that Jesus endured during his passion. People were like, cut your hair! And so you say a prayer about that. Were you at that party in Boulder, the Halloween party, where Chris was the crucified Jesus? I think oh, I was. Why? And he got like a wreath from Hobby Lobby, and that was like his crown of thorns. Oh, yeah, yeah. I do and remember that. Through the thing, the, you know, the, the stigmata. stigmata. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You said crown of thorns. It just reminded me of the first Halloween I spent with my husband. There's been a lot of, there's been a lot of talk in the news lately about blackface, but not a lot of talk about Jesus face. Well, if it's white Jesus, it is a costume, so we're good. Right. That's fair. Yeah. Oh, my God, that's going to end up at the what about all the Jesus faces? Where's <laughs> mine now? Oh my god. Uh, let's see. John, I'm going to give you uh, three points. We're going to give you three points. That sounds good. Uh, Eric, I'm going to give you a point. Uh, let's see. Maha, you're going to get a half point because... I participated. You, hey, you made you made a goodwill effort. I appreciate it. You get a ribbon and, just uh, like everybody else. Jenny's going to get a whole point. And there's one topic left. And I would like Eric to pick it. Eric, would you like the last topic? Or would you like the first topic? What? Can I have the one in the middle? Yeah, you definitely can. All right. Do you have a vague idea about Canadian landscaper Bruce MacArthur? Sure. All right. How far did you go down the rabbit hole? Maha? It's really easy. This is recent news. Maha, do you have a vague idea about Canadian landscaper Bruce MacArthur? I'm trying to think. No. I mean, I have a vague idea of Canada. (laughs) 
I didn't know they had landscapers. I mean, I felt like... Did you know they had Scottish people there? <laughs> it's just all tundra. No, this is just all tundra, right? So what are you landscaping? I don't know. It's just tundra and people apologizing. That's your view of Canada. <laughs> and some maple syrup. Oh, yeah. well, yeah. And Justin Trudeau. I like him, too. Mm-hmm. Apologizing. Apologizing. <laughs> I didn't know they had land- Seriously, I don't know. What, like, do they even have... Never mind. Um, I, don't, I, I clearly have no vague idea of what's going on. <laughs> right. Well, we, well you, you might get to chat. We'll see. Uh, Jenny, uh, Canadian uh, landscaper Bruce MacArthur. I do. Great. Oh, wow. All right. John? Nope. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, Eric, start us off. Uh, so, pretty well known by this point, but Canadian's primary export is Ryan Reynolds. And... <laughs> The Queen of Canada wanted to award him for all of his uh, great it's commerce, and with all of his great for all of his great <laughs> commerce, by getting you know getting his lawn redone. Uh-huh. So he uh-huh. sent um, Bruce Goodwin, good fella, this MacArthur? person, MacArthur, MacArthur. yeah, uh-huh. to Ryan Reynolds' house. Goodwin's his middle name. And uh, <laughs> that's how much he knows about. And uh, you know, Ryan Reynolds got a new lawn, and he redid the bushes to look like Deadpool and uh, and Pikachu and uh, various what characters. Back? Is that playing in the background? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so he's a yes. he's a topiary artist. Yes, he's very skilled. Interesting. Like Edward okay. Scissorhands. Yes. He's a disciple. Little of known facts. One of his hands is actually the Edward Scissorhands setup. Ooh. Oh. He's left-handed though, so it's not that good. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I understand. They don't make left-handed uh, topiary gloves, so you're just like making wild swipes with your bad hand. It's just when you're trying to, you know, whittle down it's a good to way the to core. sexually harass a penis. Uh, Didn't this happen in front of Torchy's Tacos like a couple of weeks? Like, oh, like, a while ago, like some guy attacked somebody in the Torchy's you know, like parking a, lot. Like Halloween Edward Scissorhands style too. Yeah. I did not see that article. Don't, yeah. It came and went. <laughs> it felt like somebody choked him out by the I mean, come on. Someone got stabbed. Brushed that under the rug. Great, Eric. That's not right, but I love you. <laughs> Maha, do you want to... Is this a recent event? It's very recent, yeah. I follow the CBC on Facebook, the Canadian Broadcast Channel, and I can't Uh believe that I don't know this. I did see this truck, like, they had this truck in, like, Nova Scotia, and it's so fucking freezing up there that it was, like, a snowplow, and it started sliding, like, down the hill and then flipped over. Oh, no. And then the headline from CBC was, like, don't worry, the driver's safe. And I was, like, that's so Canadian. (laughs) But I I just sat there and watched it for five minutes because, you know, sometimes Canadian news is a lot nicer than... Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it's like, hey, this this turtle turned over. Yeah. We turned it back over. Cool. We're good. Exactly. I don't know about the landscaper. I don't... Like, where would you landscape? I shouldn't say that. I'm sorry, I don't like Canadian friends. <laughs> <laughs> there are at least still probably three months out of the year that are reliably landscapable yeah, in Canada. I would say. Most of Canada, yeah. Huh? That's a horrible thing to say. I felt it. Never mind. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, Jenny? Yeah, so actually, he's a landscape architect. Oh. And he, speaking of disciples, is a disciple of Calvert Vaux, who was one of the people who designed both Central Park and Prospect Park. And he made full-scale replicas of both parks, but in the deep wilds of Canada. Wow. The deep wilds. Could you describe where the deep wilds of Canada are? In the middle. All right. (laughs) Like Saskatchewan? I don't know, but in the middle. No, you're you're Manitoba-Edmonton area. I don't know where Alberta. those are either. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was like, I, don't, I think Edmonton's a city, and I think Alberta might be the province. Just, yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, no, Edmonton is a city. Alberta's a province. Uh, very convincing, but not correct. Um, between 2010 and 2017, a series of men disappeared in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. In the early part of the decade, the Toronto Police Service had created Project Houston, a divisional task force which linked the disappearance of three men of South Asian or Middle Eastern origin to Church and Wellesley, Toronto's gay village. Oh, I However, the investigation yeah, was just, un- did, You threw us off with Landscaper. I know. That's what it's the like guy if you does. Were like, what about Bruce MacArthur, the kidnapper? Then we like, <laughs> the Canadian kidnapper. Yeah. I still Who happens to Landscaper? That, that would have been. <laughs> Wait, so what happened? <laughs> landscaper? You're just like, <laughs> little <laughs> crumbs to lead us away. Right, Harry. In yes. 2017, amid public speculation of a serial killer, in Church in, Wes- in, in Wellesley, uh, evidence was gained from another missing persons investigation, which led the uh, Toronto Police Service. Uh, they uh, then obtained evidence connecting two disappearances to Bruce MacArthur, a 66-year-old self-employed landscaper who they arrested in January 18th of 2018. Police say they found evidence in MacArthur's apartment leading to homicide charges and that they found the dismembered remains of several men in planter boxes at a residence where MacArthur stored landscaping equipment. MacArthur and many of his alleged victims were active on online dating apps for men who had sex with men. Which is an odd way to word that. Why did they just say grinder? No. I mean, <laughs> you have to just... Oh my god. Okay. So MacArthur was seeking submissive men. Uh, by April 18th, MacArthur had been charged with eight counts of first-degree murder in the deaths of the missing men. Uh, so this is a Canadian serial killer. How are you a self-employed landscaper? That's like, a good point. I mean, if you're not, you, you just landscape your own yard, and then well, you, you get to call yourself people. a landscape. Yeah. yeah, but then they're your employer. Well, no, but you're like a 1099, so you're a contractor, oh, okay. so you're not yeah, technically, em- by, by the rules of tax law, you are not employed by anybody. <laughs> you are still employed but by yourself. We're not in the U.S., Nate. I, that's that's fair. Not that's fair. Right. I'm sorry, I don't think it's really that much different. I don't know what they're... Well, How the tax code works. What's the Canadian equivalent of the IRS? ARS. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Uh, horrible. Five victims were noted by investigators for similarities. They were middle-aged, bearded, patrons of the Black Eagle Bar, and self-identified as bears. Which they're saying is like gay men with overly masculine traits, such as beards. Which, I, I mean, I don't know the... <laughs> Yeah, so there you go. Canadian serial killer. Murdered a bunch of people. But they caught him. And the Netflix series will be coming out October 2019. <laughs> oh, I think it's uh, it's probably happening right now. <laughs> this is three weeks from today, too. This, this isn't happening right away. Uh, so that was that was good. Everybody Unless did great. his name is getting cast. Right? <sighs> He's Primary getting ca- export. Ryan Reynolds getting cast in yeah. everything these days. Oh, man, yeah. Ryan Reynolds will voice the beard. <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> the beard that haunts this serial killer. And it's also the narrator, and you find out that the beard is the narrator. Oh my god. Spoilers. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's like that hell to pay thing. <laughs> um, so, yeah. John, you didn't do anything, right? Silent. Great, I'm going to give you half a point. <laughs> uh, Eric, uh, let's see. I'm going to give Eric a point. Uh, let's see. I'm going to give... Uh, uh, I'm going to give Maha... Uh, point sure that sounds fun the netflix part yeah yeah why not yeah we can make it interactive be choose your own adventure which house are you getting murdered in you're just 
rigging it so we all tie. No, I'm not rigging it so you all tie. That's not <laughs> what's happening at all. Uh, and Jenny, I'm going to give you a whole point. Uh, so, hey, uh, the final score this week, Jenny, you have 16 and a half. You have won. What? Maha got second place with 15 and a half. Uh, Eric had 15. John had 12 and a half. So, so John, you like uh, literally skipped every single question. I, I earned a couple. Yeah. Everyone gets a trophy. So the minimum without doing like that much work is about a twelve. Well, no, no. <laughs> what you're saying? He, he got some points sometimes, on love, so you have to earn each love. Sometimes yeah. I don't know. Sometimes like it's like forty or fifty points is like. Yeah. It's kind oh, of are you telling that we're so. like underachievers? No, no, no. What, what, what's amazing this time is that we didn't have anything where everybody universally passed. Because when no one tries, uh, I usually hand out like a shitload of points. Oh, but to really everybody funny. at once. Yeah. So everybody's. Really yeah. Uh, everybody gets like I mean, it's completely points. arbitrary. Yeah. So. yeah. Oh, it's totally arbitrary. But that's that's the joy of this. <laughs> In a world where everything is arbitrary, isn't it nice to spend a few hours drinking and experiencing something else that's completely arbitrary but doesn't try to objectively harm you in the process. <laughs> That's the really the only difference. This is yes. the trailer for Nate's Mad Hatter Party on yeah. Netflix. Yeah. It's going to open with him saying that. And then it's Welcome to, to Reality Therapy with Nate. <laughs> <laughs> this week, you're all locked in a room with me, and you're going to have to do whatever I say. Same as last week! <laughs> but I'm not going to try to extort you or something. That's your bonus! That's why this is okay! Uh, Of this week's Woo! episode, please, uh, uh, you know, do a victory lap, uh, plug something that you care about, to, or whatever. Talk about whatever you want to talk about. Plug something that I care about? If, if you want to. That's just off. I, I know. <laughs> well, you know, pl- plugs in the media way, not in the, like, the way that you might sexually harass essential penis. <laughs> what do you mean, keep like, bringing that back. disrupt your penis? Is that what <laughs> yeah. no. You can talk about that on your plug if you want to. Uh. What I want to plug, actually, is the Denver Public Schools teacher strike. Hell yeah. That someone is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, go teachers. Go teachers, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Striking is the, is the most uh, power that any group of us has against the existing uh, machinations, so we have to do it sometimes, and that's a good thing. Yeah. You know? Plus, teachers should be able to afford to live here without, like, four roommates. No, I think that would be reasonable. That yeah. sounds yeah. very reasonable. Yeah. 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 When, when they're trying to, you know, uh, populate the minds of the next generations with something that will lead them to not be shitheads. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, and what a good example they're setting for their students, right? Yeah, yeah totally. To yeah. be political. Yeah, don't yeah. just lay and down and right. take it from five suits on a board that right. don't so give a shit. So the kids all showed up to school. Allegedly. On Monday, and they saw their teachers marching, wearing red, holding signs, like it was an, you know, an, mm-hmm. an, a lesson mm-hmm. in... Although, I did read that one high school just had parties in the hallway. East High School. <laughs> it was at East. Yes. Yeah, well, it was East High School. That's so, that's so high school to do. That's, well, they, yeah. they, they kind of actually just left school. Yeah, or they, yeah. that's very much high school to do. Or just not show yeah. up. Which honestly, that, I mean, I, I think you could make a case for the fact that that's DPS's fault for not having an adequate contingency yeah, plan to totally. deal with the fact that, Have hey, this, seen... guess what? They're not going to take your shitty offer, so plan ahead. There's right, a class action right. lawsuit now that I think was maybe filed today, but yeah. for the, the special ed students, because oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. there's a, all the parents of special ed students are suing DPS for not having come up with an adequate plan for them. For them because yeah. these kids have 
actual very distinct needs that, uh, say, a Canadian landscaper can't just substitute. <laughs> okay, you should not be well. substituting that whole period. <laughs> um, I mean, as long as far as I understand, as long as they're not gay bears, I don't know. these kids are fine. But I, I guess, yeah, I think they're just we probably should take whatever. <laughs> oh, um, so yes, absolutely. If 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 you're in Denver, if you, the strike is still going on in three weeks when this posts, I hope that. I mean, yeah. I hope it isn't. But uh, if it still is, salute them. And if it is over, I hope you saluted them in, in the past because they deserve it. They're fighting for for the right thing, and we need to fight. Uh, we need to fight bad tax policies and bad uh, funding policies and just dumb shit. Oh, yeah. and legalized shrooms is that the next thing? Oh yeah, yeah. We're doing that too. Yeah, legalizing shrooms is fun. I said. I don't, I don't know. We just need to send people out of Colorado. It's too many of you here. <laughs> I was born I, here, I was and born I deserve here. legal I was born shrooms. Here too. <laughs> right. I get to stay. No, <laughs> um. Yeah, I think that's on the. Yep. And equal pay too. That's getting pushed through the legislature right now too. So. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we, we we could see a very bright future happen in, in this state at the very least. Oh yeah. That's very exciting. It's very exciting. It's yeah. Uh, Maha is the as as the second place winner. Would you like to plug anything? Anything that you'd like to talk about? No. Okay. That's that's <laughs> a totally reasonable answer. Is that crazy? Because I do this she all the time. She just did. No. She plugged shrooms. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you did. That's fair. And also, not letting more people come into the space. <laughs> totally, that's totally cool. Uh, and if anybody needs a divorce lawyer, you can call me after this podcast comes out. Not right now. All right, cool. So, uh, you know. I also yeah. do custody. All right. <laughs> now that's a shameless plug. I like that. No, that's, that's great. That's, that's great. Uh, Hold on. Are there any more trickling out? <laughs> I promised I would plug B for B. B for oh, yeah. B is an organization started by a previous guest on the show, Rex Roberts, and a uh, group of his friends. Steno proprietor Rex Roberts. That is him. Yeah. Uh, they originally biked to all 50 Major League Baseball stadiums and did so to fund mentorship programs across the nation. Uh, we are doing um, another ride this summer, starting in June. We will be going from Chicago to Detroit, to Toronto, and hosting clinics oh, along the way. Yeah, so go on to uh, bikingforbaseball.org if you want to donate and support us. It's going to fund the clinics. Uh, all of the riders bring their own bikes, and it's all volunteer-driven, so you're not um, you're not paying for us to ride bikes. You're paying for kids to um, get outside and play a little bit, and then hopefully uh, gets, uh, we primarily work with uh, Big Brothers Big Sisters, so uh, encourage those relationships to build. So uh, another shout out to Tim Lala. He was our primary rider uh, last ride in 2017. He got an accident at the end of that ride, um, and we wish him the best. He's having a uh, wonderful recovery, but uh, we hope to see him in Chicago. Yeah, how is he doing? Because he was... was Living life, still smiling. Three quarters of the way through or something? Or was he all all, Um, at the end? We're going to call it two-thirds. Okay. He was was down uh, biking through the south. Uh, We do primarily, or normally do a team ride where... um, Four, five, six of us um, all do a number of cities together, and then we have a single rider complete all 50. Uh, this year, we'll just be doing the Chicago to, um, to, to Toronto. So, okay. but, yeah. uh, Tim is from Chicago. We're starting it off in Chicago this year, uh, so we hope to see him there. Right on. Just don't visit that landscaper. <laughs> yeah, don't get anywhere near Canada, guys. <laughs> I don't have a beard, so... <laughs> <laughs> all right.
John, you want to plug anything? Uh, no, I haven't got anything this week. All right, Thanks. great. Well, hey, thank you for being on again, John. Thanks, Nate. Thank you for being on again, Eric. Of course. It's been great to have uh, have you return, and, you know, uh, you'll be going back to New Orleans, I assume. Mardi Gras is uh, probably when this posts, so hopefully okay. I'll be there. So, yeah, so you'll be there, and then you'll come back again sometime in the summer. We'll have you on again. He'll be doing his stations at the cross. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Grandma, if you're listening, I'm going to church exclusively. I'm going to chuck a glass of wine at this station. <laughs> blood of Christ, blood of Christ, blood of Christ. Grab some beads, chuck another glass of wine. Sacrament. Maha, thank you so much for being on. I, I hope you'll come back for another for another episode. Yeah, good. Well, you know, this wasn't so bad, right? No, this is good. Great. This is yeah. really fun. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah. Well, right on. And Jenny, thank you for being on as well. Thanks for having me and on. Congratulations on your victory. Thank yeah. you. And I would like to say that, just point out again, that the women collectively won. That's true. No, yeah. By, like by, by a healthy margin. It's <laughs> about um, <laughs> gender. <laughs> Well, they're all just individuals here sharing knowledge We're empowering and empowering each other you know, <laughs> over here. Oh, and you should read that article. I'll have to send it to you. The one oh yeah, the Siri being an enabler. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, please yeah. do. That that would be great. I would like to read that. And and yeah, uh, as a winner, you'll you'll more than likely be invited back for whatever contest of champions we do. Uh, we're going to try to try to set up a bracket with everybody who's won through the first I don't know twenty five episodes when we get there, and uh, and then we'll just uh, kind of have a little battle royale. It'll be fantastic. It'll Sounds be a lot of fun. fun. Um, so yeah, this has been a vague idea. Thank you guys so much for listening. I know it's tedious, but if if you like the show, please go to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, rate and review us. Say something nice, or say something that's shitty but clever, and uh, <laughs> tell other people about it. Let people know. Don't that say we're that, here. Nate. We're not digging the bottom of their barrel for reviews. That's I, 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 am ha- I, I am not above scraping. I just mean, <laughs> I just mean your message has changed so much in the last like whatever it is, twenty episodes. Oh yeah, no, in like in like three episodes, I'm just gonna be begging. The whole episode. Please, Anything. please, if you're listening, please just. Just sent food. Uh, <laughs> so now thank you, you guys. really need reality therapy. <laughs> Your needs are not being met. <laughs> With my very privileged podcast. Uh, thank you so much for listening. This has been a big idea. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. A Vague Idea is written and produced by me, Nate Regolia, with Shannon Page and John Peros. If you like this podcast and you like anime, you should check out my podcast with Sean Grolkowski called You Better Believe This. That's found at moleholeradio.com. If you like science fiction books, you should check out the press that Sean and I started. It's called Spaceboy Books, and you can find us at readspaceboy.com.